Um, listen to this. So uh, I got a phone call from my friend John, John Odom. Uh, some of you might know John. He's a, a fellow priest. He's a, a pastoring a church here in town called Cornerstone. Um, we're uh, very much like sister communities in that uh, we worship in the same way. We, we have a lot of the, uh, mutual friends, that kind of thing. But uh, he called me a few weeks ago. He goes, hey, did you get something in the mail from me? And I said, no, um, I didn't. But not because you didn't send it, but because I don't do a great job of checking the mail. I said, let me check, <laughs> and I'll get back to you. Um, their church, just completely uh, out of the blue, sent us a check for $5,000 um, just as a housewarming gift because we've, we've moved into uh, a new space over this past year. So sweet, right? Just amazing things that uh, I, I think it really is the posture that we want to embody within Tulsa that uh, we're, we're not threatened by other communities. We're not in competition with other communities. We are all uh, in the places where we are trying to become Christian, which is a lot of what I want to talk about today. This whole business of Jesus going about and calling these people to himself, we know them as, as the disciples. And I've had a hard time, if I'm honest, with with some of this language of discipleship. It's something that's never really sat well with me um, because in my mind it feels like, well, there's this kind of low bar threshold of becoming Christian. Anybody can become Christian. You know, if you <laughs> say the sinner's prayer, if you just believe the right things, if you make certain confessions, you're a Christian. But to be a disciple, mm, like that, that's something else altogether. Like that takes a certain level of work and effort and determination. And not everybody's cut out to be a disciple. But that's not really what we hear from Jesus in the Gospels. That discipleship is something that's kind of out of reach for most people. That it's just for those overachievers, right? Those people who are going to do a little extra, do a little more than just the baseline stuff. So we think that discipleship is reserved for a few. And so it's as if we can all be Christian, but we have to be made into a disciple. This low threshold versus high threshold Christianity. And even though I'm not altogether comfortable with the language, it, it should still be painfully obvious that as we do what we do in sanctuary, that we are who we are in the city of Tulsa, and as obscure as this idea of discipleship may be, we should still be aware that we live in a place, even in a place like Tulsa, where the story of Jesus is unknown to people. That the works and the acts of Jesus and the teachings of Jesus, that there are people who do not know them. This is why we receive what we know or we refer to as the Great Commission, right? That we're to go and to make disciples. Why? Because there are people who don't yet know Jesus. So what should be clear to us, if you're trying to follow along in this kind of tension of, I don't love discipleship language, but we're all called to be disciples, and none of us really think that discipleship is for everybody, but it really is for everybody. Even, even then, it's one thing for somebody to come stumbling into the doors of the church, but imagine for a moment how confusing it would be if you were one of those people who doesn't know the story of Jesus, doesn't understand the teachings of Jesus, doesn't know the practices of the church, Imagine if they just come stumbling in here 
one Sunday. I think a lot of us think that like this is kind of how conversion works. Like they just kind of stumble upon us as a worshiping community. But imagine if that were true. <laughs> imagine someone coming in here on a Sunday morning and we're all standing around singing songs like, what are we doing? Imagine they see somebody standing up here just talking to people for as long as I want to. And well, what? And then, I mean, not even to, to, to touch on like what happens here. What, what are we doing? So we think oftentimes that discipleship or becoming Christian conversion happens that way, that people just stumble upon a faithful, worshiping community, and sometimes it does. But what are they encountering? What are those people who walk in here encountering as we worship together on a Sunday morning? We hope they would encounter in some way the love of God in Jesus Christ. That's the foundation. That's, that's the baseline that we hope and we trust that if someone stumbles into our community, the very first thing, most obvious thing that they experience is the love of God in Jesus. It's a sense of, of welcome and openness that they receive, that they are someone to be delighted in and enjoyed, a sense of hospitality. But would they know that it was that love that brought us here together? Would they experience that love and then make the connection that it's because of that love that we are who we are? Would they know how that love animates our lives Monday through Saturday? More to the point, would they have a feeling that any of what happens in here means anything out there? That's the question of discipleship. My friend, Rowan Williams, <laughs> he says that discipleship is this. Discipleship is about how to be a place in the world. Not yet. You're jumping ahead on the eyebrows. He says discipleship is about how to be a place in the world where the act of God can come alive. How do we, as individuals, as human beings, embody places in the world, take up space in the world, and whatever space that is, does it make the act of God possible? Now we're going to jump into a, a, a long quote from my friend Rowan Williams, and I love to put a picture of him because if you've never seen him before, it can be a little shocking. Um, I hope one day my eyebrows could ever. He, uh, so, uh, uh, I got to meet him one time, and some people confuse Rowan Williams with Rowan Atkinson, who is Mr. Bean, um, and I kid you not, he is as awkward as Mr. Bean in person. Um, his eyebrows do this thing a lot. And anyway, let's get into it. He says this, discipleship is about getting away from a view of the church that is very seductive and very damaging and very popular. This is the view that the church is essentially a lot of people who have something in common called Christian faith and they get together to share it with each other and then communicate it to other people outside. It looks a harmless enough view, and this is the idea that we have oftentimes of discipleship. 
It looks a harmless enough view at first, but it is a good way from what the New Testament encourages us to think about the church, which is that the church is, first of all, a kind of space cleared by God through Jesus in which people may become what God made them to be, God's sons, God's daughters, God's children. And what we have to do about the church is not first to organize it as a society, but to inhabit it as a climate or a landscape. He goes on. He says the church is a place where we can see properly God, God's creation, ourselves. It is a place that we are invited to enter, the place that is occupied by Christ who is himself the climate and atmosphere of a renewed universe. He says, forget this, and you're stuck with a faith that depends heavily on what individuals decide and on what goes on inside your head. But if the church really is larger and more mysterious than this, if the church is Christ's place, It is a reality shaped not in the remote past, but daily here and now by Christ's action. Goodness. Goodness. If the church is the community that Christ makes possible, then being a disciple means being part of that new world, that new reality, that renewed universe in Rowan Williams' language, the climate and the landscape has changed for us. We live in a world that is a different kind of reality, and we embody it here, and then we announce it out there. This means we don't come here to spectate a service. We are inhabiting a new world, the new creation that has already been established in Christ And to be a disciple in that way means that when we come here and we celebrate that new reality, that God loves us, that God created us for himself, that God has not abandoned us, that God is making all things new, not making all new things, making all things new. We come in here and we celebrate that renewed universe and then we live out our lives out there in ways that make that reality possible for other people people to witness. That is what it means to be a place in the world where the act of God can come alive. Do people witness our lives out there and think there might be something true about this? Are we living trustworthy lives that can be depended on, that are bearing witness to that reality? to come at this a bit of a different way. Bonhoeffer, in his his work on discipleship, he says this. This is the next slide. And you'll appreciate the attribution, because it's Bonhoeffer, kind of. This is Bonhoeffer by way of our friend, Father Chris Green, interpreted and edited by me. So take it for what you will. He says that Jesus is the fullness of God in flesh. The church is the fullness of Jesus embodied. 
which is that the church is the divine human one as corporate presence, as corporate gathered reality. One body, one church across all times and all space. And if that's true, then the Christian is the fullness of the church personalized. Jesus is the fullness of God in the flesh. The church is the fullness of Jesus embodied. And the Christian is the fullness of the church personalized. Which means the most of Jesus that some people will ever see is you. That's the weight of discipleship. Realizing that the most of Jesus, the most of God's love that some people will ever experience in their day is you. Are we living into that reality that the Christian is the fullness of the church and the fullness of the church is Jesus embodied and Jesus embodied is the fullness of the image of God? Discipleship isn't about moral training. It's not about theological expertise or even how many Bible verses you have memorized. You should read your Bibles. You should memorize verses that are found in your Bibles, yes. But discipleship isn't about that. Discipleship is becoming the kind of person where that fullness can be, where the act of God can come alive. You and I can personally become the place where the church is present as the person of Jesus, as the fullness of God in the flesh. But it will demand something of us. It will require something of us. Discipleship requires a kind of conversion. I don't know about you, but my experiences of conversion are pretty much summed up as a rejection of past experiences that are considered worldly in favor of something else, in favor of the things that are more holy, right? That's what we've oftentimes experienced as as conversion. And a lot of bad religion has tried to claim a monopoly on all things holy, that whatever we have to offer is holy and whatever's being offered to you out there is profane. But this is the antithesis, the opposite of the gospel, of the incarnation, of the resurrection. Christ's own life is the announcement that the whole earth is full of God's glory. Remember God's message to Peter, don't call unclean the things that I have made clean. Another translation says it this way, God has made these things, so don't call them unholy. What are the things, what are the, who are the people in your life that you have considered unholy out of some kind of judgment, out of some t- kind of presumption? And God says to us, I have made all things don't call them unholy. If we're honest, most of our lives, <laughs> most of our lives are lived in that space that we think we need converted from. <laughs> most of our lives are lived in that kind of mundane, right? When we think about the things that are holy, the things that are sacred, we, ha- we have a sense that they're kind of energized in a certain way, 
And the things that are just mundane, the things that are just the the humdrum of everyday living, those things have no energy behind them. It's why they are mundane. And we think most of our lives needs to be over here in this energetic holiness, when in reality, most of our lives is lived in just the daily. Who is it that said that's the thing about life? It's just so daily. <laughs> Most of us are just going to work up, work up, wake up tomorrow and go to work. A lot of us in this room tonight, we're going to tuck our kids into bed, kiss their foreheads. Maybe say under our breath, I wish you went to bed hours ago. This is life. This is living. Going about our days. But the more we work on this discipleship stuff, on recognizing that our presence in the world with our families, with our coworkers, is a place where the act of God can come alive, Because where you are, the church is. And where the church is, Christ is. And where Christ is, the image of God is revealed. The more all of that mundane stuff becomes the holy stuff, becomes sacred in some way. Again, going back to my friend, Rowan Williams, he's reflecting on some comments of St. Teresa of Avila, And I put a picture of St. Teresa up here because she's an incredible figure and you should ask questions about the arrow that's piercing her heart as she prays. But he says this, reflecting on some of her comments. When you have finally progressed through all the hair-raising mystical experiences that Teresa describes, what it's all finally about is enabling you to do some very ordinary things a little bit better in a way that is suffused by eternal love taking up residence in your heart. Or in other words, by the time you've been through the seventh mansion of spiritual union with God, which is something Teresa talks about, by the time you do all of that mystical spiritual work, you are better at the washing up the eternal love that she's talking about is, is, our, is God's own life taking up residence in our heart. Again, it's, it's God's own life made known to us in Jesus, which is made manifest to us by his body, the church, and we are responsible to bear witness to that life in the world. Finally, Discipleship demands from us a kind of openness. Think about what happens to to Peter, to his brother, to the, the sons of Zebedee. What happens to them in that moment? There's, I'm shocked and I'm, I'm struck by it every time I read it. Immediately, they leave their nets and follow him. Immediately, they get out of the boat and leave their father and follow him. And I think, Who could ever, who could ever just drop what they're doing, leaving their own family and just go? 
But this is something of what discipleship requires of us. It requires a kind of openness. Immediately, they left their nets and follow him. It seems to me that much of discipleship is the willingness to be surprised by what God is doing, where God is doing it, and who God is doing it through. Surprised or maybe suspicious is a better way of thinking about it. But openness in and of itself, Father Chris reminded me yesterday, is like a city without walls. There's no distinction. There's no telling where one thing ends and another begins, which sounds nice for a moment, but it's disorienting the longer you stay there. Discipleship does require an openness to God, an openness to others, an openness to ourselves. But it's an openness plus attention. It requires a certain kind of awareness that you're living with. Attention is not judgment. Attention doesn't carry any presumption. Attention is simply being there with an awareness, like St. Teresa, that God is present in all things and all people at all times and all places. That is what we are aware of, and we give our attention to that. How is God present? What is God saying? What is God up to in this person's life? Not only is it openness plus attention, it also is openness plus a readiness to do God's will. That's where the holy starts to happen. When we are present and we are aware that God is up to something and then we're faithful to act on that thing that God is asking us to do. And how do we understand God's will? It's such a large, kind of ominous kind of idea, God's will. What do we know about God's will? Well, we know that the church as a whole bears witness to that will. Not my understanding of God's will. Remember what Rowan Williams said to us earlier, that if we're not careful, we'll just be hung up on what other people have to say about things and our own ideas. It takes all of us to discern what God's will is. If the church does, in fact, bear witness to and help us understand God's will, it will be because the church is Christ's place and it's shaped by Christ's action. Which is to say that if you don't know what God's will is, or you don't know what God's will looks like, it looks like Jesus. It looks like love one another as I have loved you. By this, everyone will know you are my disciples if you love one another. It looks like whoever does not carry their cross and follow me cannot be my disciple. It looks like not calling unholy what God has created. It looks like unqualified welcome and radical hospitality. It looks like acceptance and an openness to people and God's work in their lives. We learn how to be that kind of people out there by gathering in here and being transformed by the eternal love of God that has taken up residence in our hearts. That's it. That's discipleship. Being out there who we talk about being in here. So, let's go do it. Amen.